there, man. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. amen. Today is going to be very deep and detailed, and I'm believing God by his message that he will give me the wisdom and the understanding, the clarity of speech to be a blessing to you and to speak the oracles of God so that financially your life can be transformed. Amen. Amen. Just as I said earlier on, by the grace of God, that this month of uh, July that we have walked in, by the grace of God, is the month of family finance. Is the month of family finance. We are believing that the hand of God will set us apart for his glory in the name of Jesus Christ financially. Because every time a family has seen droughts financially, there is always fight. There is always misunderstanding. There is always kind of uh, bickering and all kinds of issues that goes on in there. And we don't see the manifestation of the glory of God well because of lack of money, because of lack of resources, because of lack of support for, from each other. And so today, the Spirit of God has blessed us with all kinds of ideas and strategies that can help us build a very strong and fortified financial standing in the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And we have come to the place of understanding that finances does not only talk about money or cash, but rather it goes down deep, deeper than that. Hallelujah. And so we started from the place of time, because if one understands their time, the Bible says that the sons of Issachar, first chronicle, the sons of Issachar, they are the children that understood the times and seasons, and so they had command over their brethren to be able to have command over people or have command over situation it means that you are somebody who has the ability to command some financial wealth hallelujah you have wisdom you have understanding and also a sense of wealth to also match your wisdom and your understanding if you know your time the bible says in the book of job that our times have been set up by god therefore every single moment counts for something amen and that is what the devil has used to steal a lot of people's mind away from the possibilities of knowing how to utilize their times well. And so we have been studying these weeks all over and been praying and praying also for revelations and understanding about what the Lord would want us to do with the times that he has given to us. Amen. So today, I want to draw us to another level, which the Spirit of God is now taking us into the place of uh, money matters. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 <clears throat> so today... If you are interested in cash, how to make cash, how to make money, uh, today is a message uh, for you. Hallelujah. The message mm -hmm. is for you. And I believe that everyone wants money. And I also want money. Amen. But we want Amen. to see how money can come into our lives and how it can multiply into our lives, how it can actually make us stronger in our life, how it can actually defend us. And so... Uh, the subtopic that I'm going to be dealing with by the grace of God today is this, that the fabrics of success, hallelujah, the, sub, the fabric of success, that is, that is a subtopic from how Jacob made his fortune. So my focus is going to be the fabric of success, the fabrics of success. There are about 17 to 18 or maybe 21 chapters in this uh, talk that I'm going to talk about today. And each one of them can actually take me about two to three hours to be able to speak on one topic of it. Hallelujah. But I want to give a general overview of this so that we can take time to walk in it gradually by the grace of God so that we can apply our hearts to wisdom. I've told you that this platform, by the grace of God, those of you listening to us on radio, I have said on this platform several times that we are people who believe a God who is capable of making us millionaires so that we can build families amen so people who are listening to me they are not an ordinary people they are great men i've got my fathers on the platform i've got my mothers on the platform i'm talking of people who are very powerful in my life and they yes. are willing to hear all this wonderful information and so amen. i believe that you are in the right place at the right time receiving the right information for your life so that you can walk the right path of the lord amen Amen. I will start by saying this, that it is not a sin to be a millionaire. It is never a mistake 
in this life to have enough finances that is at your disposal that you do not rely on somebody for your daily bread. It is not an error. It is part and parcel of God's joy that every one of his children are independent and yet dependent on him. I will take that word again. That it is the delight of the Lord, the Most High God, that every child of God is independent, relying on the resources that the Lord has given to them, and at the same time, dependent on God for the resources that they need to succeed in this life. Amen. So it is never a mistake. It is never an error for you to be a millionaire. So if you have enough financial wealth, never look down on it. And every word that you have ever heard before, that people keep on quoting the Bible in the wrong way, saying that oh, money is the root of all evil. Please look into the scriptures well and get the full understanding of the whole thing. Hallelujah. So that nobody uses those quotations, the quote out of context, and give it to us for us to swallow. And then it begins to cripple men. It begins to cripple the church. It begins to cripple the people of God from being able to be useful in their own lives and to even help their own families to build a meaningful life to themselves. And so we have seen the church impoverished in many ways. And most times when we get to church, we get to the gatherings or whenever we get to together all that we can give is just pennies and we give small bits here and there and we are looking as as if that being poor is more spiritual it is not it is not hallelujah being poor does not make you more spiritual but one thing that it can actually create for you is that if at a place where you are in need of something and you cannot get it it may create even resentment in your heart against god yes and that is why it's important that we have to realize the need to begin to make our finances in the family well established so that the children that we are raising, they are not in church because of money. Hallelujah. And they are not out of the church also because of money. But rather they are serving the God that created them and formed them because of love and relationship that the Lord has created or formed with them. Amen. At the same time, they have command over resources and over substance that can make their life worth living so that nobody can stand anywhere to use money or any material wealth to tell them that, oh, because of this, if you follow me, I'll make you this. And I've seen that in Africa, especially in most of African countries. Some of the European world tries to infiltrate the systems of Africa with money. They come there and tell you that, oh, go by these rules and regulations or by these laws and be by these human rights and by this, that, and, and so that we can give you this money or we can give you this loan, we can give you this substance. They use wealth, money, cash. They use those things as a trap to force people to take decisions that they know for sure that it is not good for their system. And yet because of lack of resources, uh, unfortunately, they open up and they allow some of these things and some of them have not built us well hallelujah it has not built us well so today i want to draw your attention to the fabrics of success the fabrics of success amen in the bible before the before i go into this the one scripture i wanted to notice in 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 today's sermon is this in deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 so that we see the source where success comes from and we can begin to deliberate on that the bible says in deuteronomy chapter 18 uh, chapter 8 verse 18 my, my apologies say and you shall remember the lord your god for it is he who gives you power to get wealth amen that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day amen this is the statement from the lord showing us the source of wealth of mankind and how one can come out financially and can become so powerful by his grace he says that and you shall remember the lord your god for it is he who gives you power Amen. to get wealth which means that for anybody to become powerful 
or worthy in this life, there is a power transfer from a source that comes to that particular individual that makes him worthy or become financially stable. Yes. And this power, the source, is from God. It is not from Satan. It is from God. It is not from anybody. It is from God. It is the Lord God Almighty who can give you what it takes to turn things around for you to become a stable person in society, in everything that you do. So if your source of income or your source of power or your source of wealth is not connected to God, then you have to begin to question where this money is coming from and what purpose this money is supposed to be used for. And he continued by saying that, that he may, and that's the reason, that he may establish his covenant, which he saw to your fathers, who is our father? That's the father Abraham, the father Isaac, and the father of Jacob. These three patriarchs are the foundation of the Christian journey. They are the foundation of the Judaism. They are the foundation even to the Islamic world. So whichever way you want to take it, whether you are a Jew or whether you are Islamic or whether you believe in God or you don't believe in God, whatever it is, so long as we have our lineage towards these three patriarchs, there is a need for for us to understand that there's a covenant that the Lord has established with them, saying that through your seed, your children shall become worthy or prosperous. So the initial places for us to understand where our resources are coming from is that the Lord has a reason in that or the Lord has a say or a power in that. Because of his covenant, he doesn't want us to walk broke. So today, before I go in further, I want you to realize this, that anywhere you have seen or found yourself to become financially drought or financially wanting, or you are struggling to make ends meet, look at the covenant that the Lord has established with your patriarchs or with your fathers of old and use that as a means of going before God in prayer. Asking the Lord, the Lord, this is my prayer and my call to you. So please turn things around in my favor based on the covenant rights that I have. Hallelujah. And so the Bible says that it is God who gives us power to make wealth. Hallelujah. And every blessing that the Lord gives to us, the Bible specifically also states that it does not add sorrow to it. So every wealth that is coming in our lives and every blessing that the Lord is giving to us, it is not a blessing to make you troubled or to make your life impotent or to make your life crippled or to make your life unhappy. But it is a blessing to give you a sense of freedom, something that will not bring you any kind of sorrow, something that will make, not make your family become burdened with any kind of heaviness in their life, but something to give you elation or a sense of freedom to walk with all kinds of joy in your heart, knowing that the Lord has made you well hallelujah amen and so today one of the fabrics i don't know whether to call it chapters or something but <clears throat> one of the fabrics of importance that we have to look up to is 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 is, is going to be seen in the book of genesis chapter uh, 49 and we will use the life of Jacob as a case study, if I can use the word canvas, that his life will be like a canvas on which we shall paint all these things that the Lord has given to us by his grace. It's about 22 chapters that we're going to be dealing with. Amen. And every one of them is very vital. As I've said, that it's going to take us a bit of a time to be able to go through these things gradually. And I'm willing and prepared to stay with you, to share with these thoughts with you. Because the Lord gave them to me, and I'm prepared to share with you for free by God's grace. You all that you have to do is to connect when we send the link. Or you have seen that we are online. Just connect. Amen. The first one is hard work. Hard work. Yes, we have seen in our generation now that hard work has become more or less something that the world does not want to know anymore. 
because of the social media and other ways that people are able to raise their finances or to stand financially free has actually made the need for hard work or diligence in hard work become something of the past. The moment you talk about hard work, the children of this day does not want to know. But listen to me, when you want to become a child of God and walk biblically and actually connect to the source of all blessings, the Lord will not give his seed to those who will be eating it, but rather those who are prepared to sow it in a place of hard work or giving themselves to the work of the ministry or the activities of life. They are prepared to take the step further on to be able to sweat out by the grace of God and to do something substantial with your time. The Lord gives you all kinds of resources at his disposal so that your life can become meaningful in his high, in his eyes. It is always important that hard work becomes part of our lives and of our journeys. Hallelujah. Let's open to Genesis uh, 49. And I want to show you what Jacob will say to his children and how the hard work of his life came about based on the blessings of God upon his life. Genesis 49. I want to take from verse 22. Verse 22. And these were the blessings of Jacob and Jacob speaking into the children's life. And he came to Joseph. And with Joseph, these were the prophetic words and the blessings. And then the revelations of, of how he was so successful, more than all the fathers had done. That is his father Isaac and his grandfather uh, Abraham. Verse 22. And Jacob and Joseph, his fruitful, it's a fruitful bough. A fruitful bough by a well. His branches ran over the wall. The archers have bitterly grieved him, shot at him, and hated him. But his bow remained in strength, and the arm of his hands were made strong by the hands of the Almighty God of Jacob. From there is the shepherd and the stone of Israel. By the God of your fathers who will help you, and by the Almighty God who will bless you, with all blessings of heaven above and blessings of the deep that lies beneath, blessings of the breast and of the womb, the blessings of your fathers have excelled, the blessings of my ancestors. And these were statements that was made by, by Jacob to his sons, especially Joseph. And he was telling him the mystery of his blessings. He said that by the God of your fathers, who will help you? And by the Almighty God, who will bless you with the blessings of heaven above and the blessings of the deep, which means that there are blessings all over, either beneath or above, the Lord can pull blessings from anywhere, so long as you are connected to him. Hallelujah. Amen. So not by saying that blessings of the deep, blessings of the breast and of the womb, the blessings of your father, Jacob, that he's speaking to Joseph. So the blessings of your father Jacob. Oh, follow you. The blessings of your father Jacob, at where the blessings of my ancestors or excels above the blessings of my ancestors, up to the utmost bounds of the everlasting hills. <sighs> they shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him who was separate from his brothers. Jacob is helping us to understand how his hard work came about and how his blessings also came about and how he became so financially strong and became a worthy man, even though his life was not so smooth when it came to all the activities that went on in his life. And so he's speaking to his sons and children to let them know how he became that financially stable. And then he began to speak those blessings into, his li into their lives. And then he's finalized with jo uh, Joseph saying that these blessings are also conferred back onto you. 
which means that the blessings that started from Abraham came to Isaac and now multiplied in Jacob has not been wasted, but rather has been transferred from that generation of Jacob coming to the generation of Joseph. So you see how the family finance has transcended from the patriarchs of old because they created a covenant with a God who was capable of blessing them. It was through him that they could receive the power to make wealth and the wealth, they did not destroy the world, but rather passed it on from generation to generation until now here is being pronounced how the wealth begins to accumulate in the family by hard work. Hallelujah. Any amount of wealth Amen. or any amount of um, uh, legacy that we will leave on to our children, if we don't teach them how to learn or how to work hard on what we give to them, they may waste the resources that we give to them within the shortest possible time. <sighs> if the church does not teach our children or our grandchildren and the fellows that coming out, 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 out uh, from us, forgive me, forgive me, because my mind is way ahead of my, my speech. That's why I'm out there. If, if we don't teach our children that, are, that is coming after us, they need to be diligent and hard work and rather rely on other things and we be, they become lazy and sitting down by the computers doing nothing and wasting time and watching all kinds of stuff if we don't teach them how to be diligent in taking matters into their own hands and going out there after what god has given to them we will make it harder for god to release those blessings that he has commanded our fathers to give to us that is why it is of a great importance that we teach our children how to work the work that we have given to them if I use the word work, the work, I'm telling you that you teach your children how to be diligent and hard work, not relying on laziness because laziness does not pay any dividends. That is positive to any single individual. Laziness does not pay any positive dividends. So we must learn how to work anything positive. Hallelujah. So how did Jacob began to use those diligence with all the blessings that was upon his life how did he use those hard work to profit his life number two chapter two integrity, integrity. jacob learned to notice that whatever he has been given or the opportunity that he has been allotted with to become a shepherd for his uncle Laban in Laban's house uh, from chapter 30, coming down Genesis chapter 30, the Bible says the brother took the matter serious and he was prepared to work his heart out with all diligence and great integrity of heart. And every responsibility in his hands, the brother did well to maintain and sustain it to make sure that everything at his disposal was not wasted. And so even in times of difficulty, Jacob found himself in a wilderness alone with a sheep. When it was snowing, he was in the wilderness with a sheep in the snow. When it was hot, sun, sunny and humid moment, he was still there in the sea, in the heat and in the sun. He never desired to walk away and stay away and decided to make sure that the work of labor become a waste. No, he kept his integrity intact to make sure that every resource that Laban had given to him, that is the flock of Laban, he kept them well. He kept them well. According to the scriptures, when he was having an argument with Laban from chapter 31 and 32, he was telling him how he actually had to swallow some matters up. And he never even came to discuss that with Laban, that when animal will come and steal any substance from him, that steal any of the sheep from him, he actually paid it by himself back into the flock so that Laban will not be at short or at loss, but rather the loss came to him. Who was just a shepherd he paid for the cost 
of anything that came out of his hands, out of his resources, or his his inabilities to manage or to control the people or the ship well. So he paid for it. Integrity in our generation is almost something out of the uh, window. Now, to get somebody to work with, they are looking out for the best and the possible way to make the best out of you without you knowing. So the next door that you open up, quickly, they begin to think, take things away from you. Uh, let me share with you somebody's testimony. The person said that they were working in a particular environment in Ghana. And where they were working, they had access to foodstuffs like rice and, and, and stuff like that, like oil and all those kind of stuff. But there was so much restriction saying to make sure that there was proper accountability and, and management. But because of lack of integrity, <clears throat> because of lack of integrity, the manager now had to find ways and means to manage the resources that he would give to these people to produce the, the substance that can feed the people or feed the customers that came to the ground. And you know what these customers, these workers in the workplace did? They managed to find affiliation with some of these uh, Kayoyo guys. So whenever they came around to the place, the Kayoyo guys will sit next to the fence of the building. And these, these workers in the workplace will begin to take things gradually, like maybe one kilo of rice or maybe a bottle of, of oil or something or a bunch of tomatoes. And then they wrap it like a, a waste rubbish or something. And then they throw it somewhere. And then these Kayoyo guys will go and capture it and go and keep it somewhere. So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they go out there and they go and gather together. They say, okay, how much did I bring you? How much did you keep? And then they share it together. Sometimes they go and sell it. The lady was telling me, they will go and sell it and then make a little bit more finance and, and blessing for themselves. But that is not a blessing. It is lack of integrity for these people, these workers at the workplace of these people that the enemy was using to destroy the progress of this man. And the man could not understand why the business was not growing, why the things was not working well. So a, a brother also, I suggested some ideas to him about 15, to, about 15, 12 to 15 years ago about this pigry stuff that a lot of people were into, into in Ghana. I was doing some research and I found it and I didn't have the resources. So I shared the idea to a brother and he went in there to start a pigry farm. And he was here. And he sent the resources to people in, in Ghana to go and do the piggy farm. Every money that they, need to, they needed to do, he went there to supervise the building of the pens and everything. And then bought the, the, the pigs, the, 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 the starters, they bought them, male and a female. And then after time went on, that the pigs, the pig was pregnant. Now, deliver some piglets, about 12 of them. And he knew that the things were beginning, beginning to grow and expand. He had been sending money for feed and everything. And then from, 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 for no reason, all of a sudden, he receives a call saying that, oh, uh, uncle, this is what has happened to the pigs, the, the piglets. Unfortunately, we woke up this morning and found out that about four of them was not there. And they could see traces of blood. And they assumed that maybe the mother has eaten the piglets. And then a couple of days later, they came and gave the same excuses and all that. So eventually, all the piglets were gone. And, and this kept on going on and going on, not knowing that the piglets that were there, the caretakers of the, uh, of the farm now were also selling the piglets on to others and making money from that. And then eventually the caretaker of the farm now has also established his own farm with a similar thing. And now using the resources of this man from here in the UK, sending to him to buy food feed for the pig. He is now using it to feed his own piglets. You see lack of integrity. And so the farm that was supposed to expand was no more. So he had to travel, go move back to the farm and stay there himself for a couple of years for him to be able to see. The moment he went there, now the pig that used to eat its own piglets is no more eating the piglets. But rather, they are producing and expanding and expanding. By the grace of God, he's doing well.
and we thank God for it. But for lack of integrity, his business and his farm was almost running down. It wasn't with Jacob. For him to be successful, one of the strands of the fabric of his life was the spirit of integrity that he allowed to work in him. And therefore, if you are listening to me today on any platform, I want you to have this at the back of your mind. That though all eyes may not be watching and nobody may be there to look at you to do whatever you have to do by your bosses to give you the accolades. The eyes of the almighty God is watching what your reactions will be when all things are at your disposal and nobody is giving accountability of what you are doing. Integrity is very vital. The next chapter was accountability of his life was accountability. He was prepared to account for every single object that came out of his hand. Whatever they gave to Jacob, Jacob never wasted the resources. He made sure that every opportunity that he had anything, he will account for every one of the sheep. So every time he accounted for it and brought the response, the, the report to uh, to the father in, or the father-in-law. Now, no, no more uncle, but rather the father-in-law because he had gotten two two wives out of that place. Hallelujah! Out of the man, and people of God, this has become one of the ways a lot of people also tries to build themselves. Instead of us to become accountable to those who are giving us the opportunity to run things, to manage things, to uh, look after things, we begin to also favor our own without looking at what God is expecting us to become useful for or to become accountable to. Listen, even this life that the Lord has given to us, according to the book of Job, which we have studied already, he is saying that at the end, he will account every single moment of our, our life. We will account for that. Whatever we did with this life, the Lord says that we shall account for it. None of us will go scot-free. Nobody will stand and say that, listen, I didn't do anything and all that you gave to me, it was just sleeping and snoring and I woke up, I ate, my mom brought me food or I requested money from London and they brought it to me and I just used it. No, 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 no. Listen, every single time of your life, you shall be accounted for. Accountability, if we lack this thing, the blessings of God will not work in us. If you possess hard work, if you possess integrity, and there's no accountability, sense of accountability in you, you are losing out on the possibility to walk in the millionaire status. Jacob wasted not the time, but rather used it profitably, judiciously, and managed to account for every single sheep every one of them, including the stolen ones, he made sure that every one of them was accounted for. Some of us would have come and spoken to us and said, listen, unfortunately, we lost this one and this one didn't come. And unfortunately, it is true to give the account, but rather, I would rather come and tell you that, yes, I lost this one, but I was able to get a way or find a way to be able to replace it. And so you have not lost. By the grace of God, everything is intact. So this is your resources, and this is what you've, you've got, and this is what the Lord gave to me. I brought it back in full intact, and it's been profitable. The Bible talked about the talents that the Lord Jesus Christ was speaking about, that a man, a rich man, gave to his servants when he was traveling. The scripture says that those that received one talent decided to keep it. The one that came and received two talents went and traded with it. The one received five talents also traded with it. And every one of them did not know that the idea of accountability will come. But the one with the one talent knew that the master has always got some kind of accountability sense at the back of his mind. And yet he did not use it wisely. And so at the time of accountability, when the master came on the scene, he asked them, what did you do with the talent I gave you? What did you do with it? You know the answer the one gave? He says that, I knew that you were a man of wicked intentions and very hard person, and you are demanding from things that you have not even given. This is your one talent that you gave me. I kept it safe, and I'm giving it back to you. 
But the Lord saw the man to be much more wicked than anyone else. And so he said that, listen, you are a wicked person. I was expecting that the little that I gave to you, you could have done something profitable with it. The word is profitable. That be accountable. The things that I have given to you, it must not go waste, but rather you have to account for it. Hallelujah. You have to account for it. Be accountable with the things that I've given to you. And so the two and the one with the two and the one with the five, the, the Lord received, took the one that had the one from him and gave it to the one that had many. That is where people begin to increase. If you have seen him, he was a millionaire. Now he has walked into the place of billionaire. Not because that he, he, he was more favored by God. No, it is because he was prepared to work with hard labor. He was prepared to work with a sense of integrity. He was prepared to also walk in the place of accountability so that it can be counted that everything that was in his hands has not gone wasted. I want to ask one question. Can we account for the hours the Lord spares out with every 24 hours? The single day that the Lord gives to us every day, how do we account for them? Do we use them profitably for the purpose of the kingdom, for the growth of the family, for the expansion of the business, or for the profitability of the society? What do we use the time for? Those of you in businesses, I'm asking the same question. What do we use those business opportunities and the breakthroughs for? What do we use them for? Is there any profitability that is coming out of the things that we have obtained from the Lord? People of God, we have to realize that these factors count for something when it comes to the place of financial freedom. It is part of the fabrics of success. If you want to be successful in your Christian journey, if you want to be successful in your business, if you want to be successful in any area that the Lord has called you, you have to let accountability be part of your life. You have to be accountable to yourself. You have to be accountable to your family. You have to be accountable to your bosses, those who have employed you, those who are working to you. And if even nobody is there watching you, you have to be accountable to the society to know for sure that your presence, wherever you are, must count for something so that tomorrow, if you are not, your memorial can be mentioned of. That yes, our brother was here. We can see the things that he did. He built this bridge so that we could pass on here safely. And he helped us to be able to maintain this well so that we can get water to drink in this community. He helped us to be able to save the children from the streets so that we can see new generation coming out and growing well in the Lord. He helped us to be able to help the widows so that we don't see all kinds of women on the street begging for bread and their, their lives have been profitable. He helped us to do this. That is the testament that the Lord wants us to see in our lives. Accountability. Accountability. Hallelujah. There is a lot to share. Let's go. Amen. Independence. Independence. All this I'm speaking from, I'm speaking from Genesis chapter 28, coming 29, chapter 30, and 30. From chapter 30 to 31 is a little bit detailed, so I will take my time over there by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Independence. Chapter 30, verse 25 to 28. Jacob realized the need to build his family. And he did no longer want to rely on the substance of Laban. And so he found it necessary to request for Laban's permission to escape or to live under the control or the leadership or under the canopy of Laban. Because now he's got two wives, he's got a dozen of sons and daughters, he's got children all over, and he is now looking at ways and means to also build his own family. And so he saw it necessary to be independent. That is one of the weight on most people's life. When the children are 
lacking independence to think that they have to stand on their own to also build something for themselves but rather always rely on mommy's bank account daddy's bank account if we do that we don't help our children well including matured people if we don't find ways and means to begin to walk in the place of maturity maturity only always comes with a sense of independence when we come to the place of maturity then the seed of independence begin to grow in us for us to begin to seek for ways and means to stand strong to also contribute to the society that we are in independence jacob found it necessary to say that i want to also build my own family i want to do something for myself i don't want to continue to stay in here without being able to build my wives and my kids to help them teach them the norms the way that the lord has put in my heart hallelujah i desire to do something good for my, my my family as well so please if you don't mind can you let me go i just need your permission and the bible says that labor now decided to to actually give him a new offer a new offer hallelujah a new offer to be able to get into the place where Jacob will miss the opportunity to get himself building his own family again. So Laban now gave him an offer on an offer that cannot be refused. And this is the offer. That was one of the most dangerous offers one can ever give to you. Say, name your price. Name your price. Independence can be threatened if somebody of if if those who used to support or sustain you comes in the place to tell you that there is possibility of your growth in their circle or wherever you were there or whatever you did within that environment if there is a possibility for you to also find your own footings in here so you stay here don't move anywhere if you lack the understanding and the possibility of trying to find ways and means to be independent and rely on the little the knowledge that the lord has given to you if you don't rely on that you will miss the opportunity to see the blessings or the wealth of the lord so they gave him an offer that can never be refused. That is, name your price. That is a killer of independence. Name your price. You stay in here. Whatever you need, anything that you need, you can have it. You have the right to eat, to do whatever. Anywhere, how far you want to go. Any resources, that, you can take the money. You don't even have to tell me how much you took. All that you, I know for sure. But there was a secret. There was a catch in that. Listen, Jacob, with the blessings of his father on his life and the blessings of his grandfather on his life, now Laban, with all the blessings that he thought that he had, he knew for sure that things have changed because of the coming of Jacob. And so he wanted to utilize the blessings on the life of Jacob so that Jacob does not become independent of, of his uncle Laban. So he wanted to utilize that blessing. So every single time he kept on giving him a sense of hope, a sense of hope, a sense of hope. Keep on staying here. You name your price. I will give you this. But the sad thing is this, that every one of the price that he made, he named for himself, he did not, he was not greedy. He was, he, he was much, much, um, what is the right word to use? Matorakratis, uh, what's the right? He was not greedy. He was, he was much, uh, so more, more reserved and trying to become reasonable. That's the best word. Reasonable to the offer. And so he did not give too much higher price, but rather requested for a lower price so that at least it wouldn't be something that the uncle would do, put him off. But the uncle was, was also draining the blessings that was on his life. Hallelujah. 
Today, I want us to learn these things. I'm speaking a little bit vast. My words are not coherent. Uh, and so uh, those of you who are listening to me, I want to apologize in advance for, for lack of coherency in, in my speech. But I want you to read in between the lines and learn some of the things that we are talking about because these are the fabrics of success. Hallelujah. And every fabric, if you don't take care, you will not be able to see the strands because each one connects to the other one way or the other so that we can see the big fabric that is lying out there amen and these are some of the things that can make somebody someone in the sight of the lord jacob had a blessing and he didn't know how to use the blessing for himself and he was using the blessing under somebody's canopy and under somebody's control it is all right to start from somewhere but you should not remain at that place when there is a need that the Spirit of God places in your heart to excel or to extend the opportunity to rise. You begin to look into it and think twice about that. That is the spirit of independence. It comes from the Lord when one has matured in his sight. If there is a lack of maturity in you, you can become a hundred years old and you will still be relying and depending on others. But when a man comes of age, when a lady comes of age, when someone comes of age and they know they need to be independent and rely on the resources of the blessings of God, God also releases all the blessings that has been set for that person. The time frame, Job chapter 14, the time that you were born and the time that you'll be, you'll be, you'll be dying. Whatever blessing that has been set within that time, the Lord begins to usher you into that place and opens the portals of that blessings onto you and you begin to walk in that place because of the knowledge and the understanding or the place of independence that has come into your heart. Jacob used this privilege as a way of rising, as a way of building his home as a way of looking for something to also count that this one is mine. Laban was changing the dynamics and changing the dynamics. And it took him six years. It took Jacob six good years before he was able to stand strong and to be able to come out of the place and find his own place in the place of wealth and it was the huge burden on him to find ways and means to come out of this situation name your price can you imagine that a millionaire or somebody that you've been working with and the people have become so much blessed like my family my business the, the work that i'm doing that they are making a hundred million a year. They are planning, they are building to make a hundred million a year. And then I said, I'm moving on. And they tell me, name your price. Hey, name your price. For me to name my price, I don't know what. I, hey, I want a franchise. I want a franchise. That's all. That'll be the price maybe that I'll be naming. And it was a similar thing that Jacob gave. Jacob requested that Laban should give him a franchise in a way that if you want to bless me or you want me to be getting money out of this, you give me the low, the lowest, the lowest of the of the of the flock. That is the black ones, the spotted ones, and the ones with specs, the one that does not have much market value. You give me those ones. The, th the, the thing is this: when that was agreed upon by Laban. It wasn't given to Jacob straight away. The Bible said that the very same night after the agreement had been made between Jacob and Laban, this is what happened. Now Laban employs his sons and, and daughters and told them that every one of the agreement that Laban, he had agreed with Jacob on, every one of that sheep, take them away from the flock and make a 60 mile journey. A three days journey in those times they made a day's journey was 20 miles and they made 60 miles journey for three days walk away from the flock so that jacob will wake up in the morning thinking that he has got a bit of wages to start his life or something to start his life literally the brother started on zero after how many years of servitude under labor 
But there was something. That is the next chapter I want to talk about. That is clear conscience. There was something in the heart of Jacob that never became an issue between him and Laban, starting on zero. The Bible says that now Jacob woke up in the morning and there was nothing. Because the children, the sons had taken all the spots, the spotted and everything away from the flock. So literally starting from zero. That's okay. It is what I have agreed on. But his conscience cleared him well. And he never held grudge against Laban for the fact that he had taken all the spotted. That could have been his own to start something with. He never held grudge against him. So there was something in the mind that is the clear conscience. It's one of the most powerful mentality a millionaire can have. If you are somebody that you are prepared to go and do a tit for tax, it's a fair play and all that kind of things. You, did it, you do me this, I also do you that. If we don't work with clear conscience, there is no room that the Lord will ever bless us to become wealthy. Clear conscience. He had no quarrels about that. He knew that everything belonged to Laban anyway. He only agreed on that, that he was going to give him this. And so there was no place for him to come and fight and argue that why have you allowed your sons to take in the spotted sheep and the cow and now let them take it away. Hallelujah. Let them move them away. Let us start on a clean sheet and let's see what God would do. Clear conscience. A child with a clear conscience always makes room for the spirit of God to write a new system on your plate. I'll take it in a different sense. Clear conscience are like canvas in the hands of the Holy Spirit that he can imprint his true identity with the blueprint of success on your mind. If you want me to take it in a different sense, I will say it again. A clear conscience of a child of God is a, it's like giving somebody with ingredients to make a meal. The Lord, if God is making the meal for you, he will give you all the nutrients that can make your life nourishable. And so God prepares a meal before you, even in the presence of your enemy. Clear conscience. If we learn how to let go of how others have treated us yesterday, the lack of support, the cheat, the disappointment, and all the rest of the things that we can talk about. If we can learn how to let go of what happened yesterday, that didn't favor us. But rather focus on what God can do from now onwards. And rely on the God who gives power to make wealth. Rely on God who is able to open ways even in the desert place. And give oasis and, and nourishment and refreshing in the place of heat. If we can rely on God who can provide money from the mouth of fish. Which I've been talking about for a couple of times on this platform. There is no telling that the Lord cannot turn the circumstance of our lives around. I have seen a God turning a woman's life around. In three months, within three months, the woman met a man and got uh, proposed and then everything got in place. In six months down the line, they, they, were, they were a couple, proper couple, married legally. Everything was done in six months' time. And the marriage is thriving as up to today for how many years now? And they are having fun. All because somebody came on the line, disturbed their peace, and just walked away. And the person didn't hold grudge, kept on her heart cool. Said, Lord, you are the only one that I can trust that you are faithful. You will not disappoint. So I'm trusting you. And the Lord brought somebody along the path. And then things turned around. Somebody believing God with business. And I remember, I remember, I had a business going on. I was sending some products from here to Ghana. And somebody came on there. It was profitable. It was doing well. 
And then somebody came and bought the whole lot at one go. And then uh, it was tough. And I said, okay, make a deposit. And within, within my heart and the way I was dealing with business and all that, I always deal with that, the handshake lifestyle, you know. I was just believing God by the word that they have promised that, oh, you say you give me one pound. So, okay, let's agree on one, agree on one pound. So, yes, I agree on one pound or one city. So, let's, let's shake our hands on that. So, we shake our hands on that. And I'm believing you that you'll bring the one city because you've taken the product. And that was how I did my, my business at the time. And then this brother came, picked up everything. It was thousands of pounds. And unfortunately, he didn't pay a penny. He said, oh, next week I'll bring money. I'm going to give some here. I'm going to put some there. I'm going to... And everything sounded well because the first one that went, he picked up and paid everything cash. And now, so this time around, he came, took the whole lot and said, look, I'm going to bring the money because it's quite a lot. And I agreed to that. Three months down the line, I called the person. Four months down the line, I said, please, chase after the money. I need the money. I need to go and invest because invest back again because I have, I have, I have borrowed money from somewhere. It's part of my capital. I needed to reinvest it so that I can make the money and pay it back and all that. And the person kept on chasing this brother, and the brother will not come. And I, I, I was hurt because now I had to pay the money here because I borrowed somebody's money to invest in that thing. I had to pay the money here and then find a way to also manage whatever resources that I had to spend in Ghana as well. And the money was not coming back. Nothing was coming back and I was crying out for it. I was praying for it. I was doing, I was even sowing seed on this thing so that the money may come back. And the money never came. And the guy collapsed the business. People of God, I never, when I spoke, the, I spoke to the guy, he actually insulted me on phone. He insulted me on phone. And I said to him that I thank you for the way you have treated me. I leave you in peace and may the Lord God Almighty be our judge between you and me. From today, keep the money. Don't bring it. Don't bring it. And I left it. Several times of my life have I been found in that place where my resources has gone into somebody's life and then they think that they are smarter and they manage to use as a way of conniving and all kinds of stuff, gimmicks, and then taking the advantage and then disadvantage me financially. But one thing that I've learned from all these things is from the book, the book Genesis chapter 30. Verse 25 coming down, how Jacob can learn how to walk with a clear conscience of mind, regardless of whatever he was going through. And he never held grudge against all these issues. And I pray that this grace will come upon our lives. This strength will come upon our lives. We will learn how to become clear conscience people where we will not hold grudge against those who held us uh, against our will, who spoke negative against us, who decided to cause us harm, who, who planned to make us impotent, who decided to bring us down and everything. I want us to begin to learn how to walk clear of those people, cut them off, clear your mind of all the debris of yesterday and begin to focus on God's possibilities. And that was my strength. I said, Lord, you are the only one who can help me. No one else on earth here can help me. Nobody. Even if you give to them and they say they are not going to give to me, you can't do anything. I'm telling you, listen, let me tell you something. That may shock you. Because of the gift of free will, if a man tells God that he is not going to bless somebody, whatever God says, it will not happen. This is a shocking truth that I came to realize. So I always pray the Lord have mercy, have mercy. Because if the brother decides to be stubborn, let me tell you a typical example. When, when Jonah was supposed to go and speak to Nineveh for them to receive their salvation, the brother refused. And God couldn't do anything except to use the environmental factor to constrain him, for him to change his mind. And to say that, yes, I accept this and I repent and I will go. 
If Jonah had said that he was not going, God could have done everything and the brother would have died in the womb of the whales. I'm telling you. And this is one of the major situations that is prevailing in our lives. So we've got to be careful. If the church is sitting out there, we don't have clear conscience and we are holding grudges against a brother here and there, against a niece, a sister, a brother, auntie, a business partner and all that. We will not see the other side of God, that God can come through from nowhere. Hallelujah. We will learn, we will continue to learn. I think my time is up. We will continue to learn about few things that the Lord will help us to understand. I want to mention some of them. Staying connected. Secrecy is key. Smart thinking. Listening to your inner dreams. Rejection accepted. And don't stay with a disgruntled. Uh, obedience. The prayer aspect. Learning negotiations. Staying on your grounds. And a few other things that we will talk about. There's quite a few lot of stuff that we're going to be talking about. So Jacob became a man that was reckoned with, not because he didn't have all these things in him, but because he made them work for him. He worked them out. Hallelujah. So if it is hard work, if it is integrity, if it is anything to do with consistency or perseverance or whatever, you've got to work at it. Hallelujah. If you don't, there is nothing that is going to come out of that that can profit us as the Lord demands us to be. So today I want to end on this subject that clear conscience is key. And it's a canvas on which the Spirit of God can write a new blueprint of success in our lives. So if someone has not dealt with you well, those of you listening to me live on radio, if somebody has not treated you well, if no one, someone has not respected who you are, if you have invested in somebody's life and nothing has come out of it, if you have given your best and nothing has come out of it, if somebody thinks that you are, you are stupid and so they've taken undue advantage over your life, never worry. Never worry. Forgive. Let go. And let the Spirit of God begin to write the script of your life anew. In that place, when the Lord is writing, that is when genetic mutations can happen. That is business ideas that has never been birthed on earth here will begin to come to place or come to fruition. Bill Gates can give us a typical example of that. Hallelujah. There are quite a few men on earth here who are financially sound that have been in there because they allow whatever happened in the past to let go and then focus on what is now and what God can do with them. And they zeroed on that. And the Spirit of God used that as a channel to bless them. So today, whatever you learned today, I pray that may it stay in your heart. I pray that may it stay in your spirit. I pray that may it stay in your soul. May you walk with it in the name of Jesus Christ. May you become diligent in your dealings with, with the work of God and every place the Lord has blessed you. May you learn how to work hard. Don't rely on laziness because laziness does not pay any good dividends. Make sure that every opportunity that you have, your integrity, it is, it's, it's a stick. Maybe eyes may not be watching the eyes of men. I remember I was working in a place, a, a place company, a company called Sleep Easy. I was working in there a couple of years ago, about 22 years ago here in London. And I was working, I was working and I was cleaning in their offices and all that and some parts of the factories and all that. And then the manager, the new manager who had been appointed to manage the business was a global business, a big business. The name of the, of the director was called McCarthy. And then he knew that I was also called McCarthy. I don't know how he managed to know that, not, that my name. And he placed money, cash, five pound note, folded it roughly, and threw it behind his desk in a, in a, in a corner somewhere. And he did that about four times, just trying to test who I was. And I was a little young man at the time. 23 years ago, 
And then this man, I will go and clean his office, wipe the desk and clean the bottom, do hoover everywhere, make sure that everything was clean and spot on, organize the flowers and everything for him. And I found that money. So when I picked the money, I placed it under the, the, the computer uh, keyboard. I put it under the keyboard and then I left it there. I straightened it out and I left it there. About a week later, he had another one, folded it out and pulled the money a little bit out in his drawer. So I was working, I was cleaning it, and then the drawer was a little bit open. So my eyes went straight and saw the money. And then I pushed the money further up, the, the thing that was the money in further up, and then I closed the drawer. So when you pull the drawer straight away, you won't see the money, but rather you have to pull it all the way before you see it. I was cleaning up other place that day he came and he found me cleaning in the in the uh, janitor area and then he found me and he said hi mark and he walked past me and i said hello boss and he walked past me he went and did his business came back in there and pulled his drawer found whatever was in there and it was still intact i didn't touch it and he did the same thing several times in different places different position and he found out that i'm not somebody who is going to touch his stuff integrity if that time, if I had picked those moment, mornings, five pounds, I would have lost my job. I could have lost my job. Maybe eyes were not there to see, cameras were not there to see, but the man, I may have thought that, oh, maybe he was throwing the thing in the dustbin and then it came in there or he had folded it like a, a, rub, a, rub, a rough a paper. And, you know, so people of God, the things that we are doing in this life, integrity is very, very vital. You've got to have it. If you don't, you will never see the blessings of God multiplying. Isaac kept his own. Joseph kept his own. Yes. Abraham kept his own. Everywhere any of the patriarchs went, with all the challenges that they faced, they still kept their integrity. They kept their hard work. They made sure that every consistency and continuity of the things that the Lord gave to them, they kept at it. People of God, please do not let anything trouble you. Know that you are blessed of the Lord. Know that wherever you stand, the glory of God can shine over there. Even in the midst of droughts, the Bible says that Isaac prospered because he had his integrity at work. He had his heart clean from all kinds of debris of life. And he was focusing on the possibilities of God. Hallelujah. He worked hard to work. So please, do not allow anybody disturb the tempo of your music. Amen. Don't let Amen. disturb the tempo of your music. Whatever it is God has given to you, work at it well. Because the millions will start very soon. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Man of God, God bless you. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you.